Welcome to AdvisorTech Unplugged, the monthly podcast brought to you by MoneyInfo, the client portal and mobile app supplier for financial advisors and wealth managers. This podcast is designed to help address the challenges of the 21st century advisor. Each month, we invite a special guest to talk to us about current topics affecting their area of expertise in the advisor tech space. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or general feedback, get in touch with us by email at support at moneyinfo.com or tweet us at moneyinfotech. Welcome everyone. I'm Sim Sanger, the Business Development Director at Money Info, and today we are joined by Lee Robertson, a multi-award winning wealth manager and uh, former CEO of Investment Quorum, and now CEO and founder of the Octo Members uh, Wealth Management Community. Lee, welcome. Hi, nice to see you again, Sim. You too, you too. How are you? Yeah, listen, uh, all good. Sun shining, it's Monday, another week, lots more opportunities, you know. Excellent. Oh, that's great. Well, Lee, why, why, why don't you um, kick off with um, explaining to any, any listeners who aren't aware of Octo members uh, what it is and why, you, why you've set it up? Yeah, sure. Um, well, look, it, it's, one of those, it's one of those things, you know, we've all got, we've all got a, an itch that we want to scratch. And when I ran my practice or, you know, the practice I formed, um, I like to think I was pretty engaged, pretty networked very participatory in the sector. So you end up on everyone's mailing list, you end up on everyone's invite list, etc. And And it gets quite hard sometimes to be able to sort the wheat from the chaff. You're drowning in content that's coming out to you. Some of it's good, some of it's great, some of it's just not relevant to you. So I had this idea, and of course the other thing is if you're looking for information, you've got to trek through lots and lots and lots, lots of different areas, websites and stuff, trying to find it. So I had this idea, wouldn't it be great if we had a community and, and I really wanted a community feel that showcased good people, good ideas, good thinking, good product, good service. And, and we could kind of discuss it in the round. So there are lots and lots of really good communities already that are, that are quite single niche or single focus. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, wouldn't it be great if we had the investment people talk to the financial planners and the mortgage advisors, the protection advisors, and the platform people and the portal people. And everybody was in there talking about what they did, why they did it, what the motivations were, with the idea, hopefully, that we all learned a little bit from each other. So, so that was it, really. It was aggregating and curating lots of good content. We do create quite a bit of our own now, but also showcasing good people with good ideas. That, that, was, that was the broad gist, but doing it digitally more than anything else. Well, I think that's the key thing there, because um, if, if you think back to when we first met, Lee, believe it or not, it was, it was nearly 20 years ago, um, I you came to your see you, yeah, yeah, it's a long, long, long time ago, and I, I came to see you when you were um, heading up Investment Quorum. And at the time, you were also involved with another, um, I suppose, forum or best practice group called the Aurora Group. Yeah, and uh, you know, so that was more of a case of um, other other founders of wealth management practices sitting around the table, somewhere near a bank, I remember. And and you know literally doing the same, you know, discussing what works well, what doesn't work, um, inviting in third-party suppliers, whether it's uh, solution providers, technology providers, etc. So to me, this seems like you, you've taken it to the next level, opened up the community much wider rather than just a, a closed group, and invited, uh, frankly, more opinion from pretty much any participant in the wealth management industry. Is that is that fair? I think it is fair. Um, I mean, the Aurora Group, it's, it's interesting you mentioned it. Um, as you say, that was 
that was practice leaders or people who were um, most of whom are still around in the sector today. And, and, and it was because we were all naturally curious. And I've long had this belief that your competition is not your competition. It's your peer group. And it's a bad analogy, but we all kind of, we all weave our cloth in our own little cottage, making the same mistakes or getting things wrong. If we could share ideas, share, share knowledge, tell each other what had worked, what we found out, suppliers that we found that were really doing what they said they would do, wouldn't that be a great thing? So you're right, Octo, I suppose, in its own way, is just that turbocharged, but in a, in a virtual digital environment, which technology nowadays, as you know better than anyone, I guess, um, can really help deliver. Okay, so, so just following on from that, why is it so important to you to kind of de develop relationships with your industry peers? Because I, I am eternally curious, and I think nobody's got the nobody's got the monopoly on good ideas. Yeah. So I, whenever I'm in a room with other people in my sector, either physically or like this digitally, I learn something. So it's incredibly important, I think, to to test your own ideas, to hear what other people are doing, to bounce your ideas off them, to hear to hear of their triumphs and their failures and, and how they equate to yours. So I, I, I think it's massively, massively important. Apart from all the societal good and, and sector good it does to, to meet and mingle with your with your peers. I just think it's incredibly important that we all learn together. And if you if you accept that wealth management, financial planning, financial advice is is such a young profession, such a young profession compared to the traditional professions, yeah. they were allowed to make their mistakes way back before social media, before the internet, before news TV. Mm -hmm. Whereas we never really had that luxury. You know, doctors used to tell people to smoke because it would help clear their lungs and all that kind of, and gave them arsenic because it was meant to clear something else up. We, I'm not suggesting that financial planning people do that, but we haven't had that historical lack of scrutiny or lack of insight and transparency that the, the true professions did. Mm -hmm. So I think if we can turbocharge this young profession by learning together, I hope I make sense here. But if we can turbocharge our profession, our relatively young profession, and whilst I'm not a practicing financial planner now, I still feel part of that cohort. If we can turbocharge our learning by hearing from people like Ruth Stark, Alan Smith, and Adrian Villison, and, and um, you know, uh, Jeannie Boyle and David McDonald, and all the other people, Barry Horner, all these fantastic practitioners mm. of, of my generation and the younger generation coming through who are brilliant, I have to say, then it's got to be a good thing for the profession. It just has to be. Well, absolutely. So how do you encourage people, um, maybe, you know, younger members in the industry, younger peer groups to, to engage with your platform? Well, I think they'll engage or they won't. I mean, we're not the only platform either. You know, it's a bit like, um, you know, if, if you look at NextGen, if you look at um, Advisor Home, if you look at Advisor Hub, if you look at Advisor Life Talk, there are lots of them. I think maybe where we are doing things slightly differently, although everything overlaps because everyone's now a content producer, everyone's got a community, if that makes sense. But perhaps we're able to showcase, uh, showcase a much broader, more diverse membership um, across multi-disciplines as opposed to being fairly single niche. And that's no criticism of any of the others because I... I'm a member of many of them and, and think they're doing a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. So encouraging younger members, well, we like we like to invite them to appear. We like to get them involved in debates. We have a real thing of having our members host debates. 
And I think that really helps. Um, but I think it comes down to the quality of your content and the quality of your guests and debate. If it's good, they will come. You know that old phrase, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. If you're producing the same old rubbish content, there, or rubbish, the same old, same old as everyone else, then they're not going to come. We love to stimulate debate. We love discussion. We love challenge. I think that's that's an interesting thing for us. Um, and if I look at some examples that we did last year, we had you know Alan Smith on challenging different fee models for financial. Yes. Yeah. We had three of the best known fund selectors in the UK challenging the way asset managers charge. We had three discretionary managers challenging what they or being challenged actually about what they charge advisors for 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 outsourced. Uh, investment management so we and that's just three examples we love that challenge as opposed to an echo chamber where people all say aren't we doing great we're all the same we all look the same we all talk the same we all do the same you don't learn from that i don't think no and i i can i can certainly agree with that because we were invited ourselves onto octo to discuss um our views on hybrid advice uh, you know, is it robo? Is it more about just creating more efficiencies and engaging with clients in in you know through different mediums? And you know, yes, we we kind of have uh, as technology providers, um, you know, a certain focus trap mind and where we think we can add value. But it's 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 always valuable to hear it from the other side of the fence to see what's actually being well received. And I was challenged, um, you know, very hard on on the forum, and I, I think it was a fireside chat. If it wasn't for the single malt that I had to put hairs on my chest, I probably would have um, floundered. But it was it was a really enjoyable experience, and I do encourage, um, you know, not just financial planners, and wealth managers, but also service providers to the industry to to get involved and throw themselves out there, be challenged, because what you what you walk away with, what you learn. Um, in terms of what the marketplace is asking for, may not necessarily be what you think it is. So, you know, for, for me, that was an incredibly useful exercise. Yeah, I remember that debate well. And, and I mean, the great thing is the challenge on Octo is always very respectful. You know, there's, there's no there's no snark, which which is and it's one of our rules. You know, it's a positive, very positive network. But I remember that particular debate, and it is right that we're challenged. You know, and I love playing the part of the proxy advisor. Mm-hmm. You know, when I challenge people in my interviews and stuff saying, yeah, but you know what? Every, every tech provider tells me that their next solution is the best solution going. Prove it. Prove it's worth me spending the money on it. Prove it's worth me committing my team's time to it. And, and I think that's a really interesting thing. But listen, uh, whether it was a single malt or not, you did really well when you were challenged. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Well, it, it was a, a, a great brunch and um, it, it, was, it was a good challenge without a doubt. And I'll welcome it again. But um, just, just going back to a comment you made earlier on, that, you know, you, you've got these greats from the industry that you really value learning from. And I, I'm a big believer of learning from other people's uh, mistakes. Um, what would you say is your biggest failure, Lee? And uh, what did you learn from it? What's my biggest failure? Um, crikey, far too many to mention, really, uh, because I'm... I'm an overthinker, so I, I self-critique all the time, and I think that's important. I, I think um, my biggest failure, perhaps in my financial planning practice, was not was not building the practice the size I wanted. I'd attracted really, really good people alongside me but who, who had a particular mindset about their work-life balance, whether it was a lifestyle business, whether it wasn't, whatever, and, and I don't want to talk for them. I always had bigger ambitions, so perhaps there's something slightly unfulfilled there. Um, that's 
is that my biggest failure? Yeah, probably, I guess. But do you know what? You learn. There's no point. There's, I'm not one for regrets. So if it's done, it's done. You know, what did you learn from it? What can you put into practice going forward? If you had to do the same again, would you do it differently? All those kind of life lessons, I think. Every, every, and I, I don't think the, the practice I founded and, and sold out to the rest of the team was in any way a failure. This was a personal opinion of mine, not other people. So, I, you know, I, I think you, you can be overly critical of yourself. But I think learn from every mistake, and there'll be lots of them through anyone's career. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't call building an award-winning practice and <laughs> leaving a strong legacy behind a, a failure at all. But, um, I mean, so let me kind of try and rephrase the question slightly. So uh, put, put yourself back, say, 10, 15 years. What, what do you wish you had known a few, um, at that time that can potentially help new, new entrants into this industry? Yeah, I think you've got to be really, really focused on your team in a way, excuse me, in a way that perhaps businesses are now today that we weren't 10 years ago. You know, I'm ex-forces and it still plays through my life. And even this weekend, there was a bit of tragic news around something and it still resonates with me decades later. The ex-serviceman in me has this thing of, if you pay someone to do a job and they know what the job is, you train them to do the job and you help them do it, they should do it. Whereas I think nowadays we're much more pastoral. I think the pandemic has, has hastened that. People are working from home. People are doing hybrid working. People um, are perhaps not as loyal to a business for as long term as perhaps they used to be when I was younger. So I, <clears throat> I think the thing I would I would if I was doing this 10 years ago, what I've learned today, I would spend much more time with the team as opposed to the, the company objective. Okay. Good. Thanks, Lee. And what are the, the kind of the best resources that you, that have helped you along, along the way in your, in your journey that can potentially help other, other yeah, okay. managers? Yeah, I, I can, I can answer that really, really well. I think having mentors and having mentees. I went, you know, there's all sorts of phrases for this, but pay it forward. And also I was incredibly lucky when I joined this industry long before it was a profession. Uh, and I was in direct sales. I fell into it by accident. It was meant to be a short-term thing, but like many people of my generation, I arrived and never left. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really lucky. It was a brutal environment in a direct sales company where I knew no one in London. So it was me in the yellow pages and a lot of hope and a lot of heartache. Uh, and I was lucky that I was, I was taken under the wing of a couple of people who were very successful, very caring and very keen to see me succeed. And I've always tried to pay that back to, to, to the sector. So mm-hmm. I've always had mentors and I seek them out, not, not just from within this, in the profession, but from outside. And some of them don't even know that they're my mentors, but in my mind, they are. And the other thing I like to do is I like to, I like to give back, which is why I speak at events, which is why I chair events, which is why I founded Octo, because if we all learn along the way together, and I learn as much from my mentees as I do from my mentors, I promise you, they come with a different mindset to the one that I developed over 30 years in, in the business. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great, thank you. So ch- changing the subject slightly, if you can remove all barriers and constraints, because you know you, you, you've actually made quite a big move from you know, you know building 
a very successful wealth management business into into building a a, a tech enabled app enabled content platform and, and community. Now, clearly, you've been quite quite busy with that over the last couple of years. But if you could remove all barriers, all constraints, what what project would you tackle next? I think this one, because the thing about Optimus is there's always another project. And, and I'm sure it's the same with you guys at Money Info. Okay. What you have is not what you want to end up with. Mm. And when it's, in, my, in my case, or our case, because I'm not the only founder, um, um, it, it's constantly evolving. It's iterative. So, you know, it took us almost two years to add CBD, for instance. But we always knew we wanted to add CBD. We've just added live streaming, for instance. You know, we we have a new format coming around around um, technical tune-ups and masterclasses and stuff. You know, other people are doing it, but I think getting getting real subject matter experts from inside and outside. So there's always something going on. But I am doing other things. You know, I still I do I still do training for people on networking and referral gathering, which which some people seem to think that over 30 years I've got quite good at. Uh, I am an advisor to a couple of boards. I'm now non-executive with with the really excellent Cura Financial Services, which I think is a business that's really going somewhere in terms of helping other advisors. And that's where the alignment comes, helping other advisors be better at what they do. Protection with some people became a little bit, um, not off limits, but it kind of began to fall by the wayside. People got too investment focused or pension focused. Yeah. Uh, true financial planners never lost sight of protection, but I think... Um, difficult cases, difficult underwriting. Cura is doing fantastic stuff there in terms of helping with signposting and, and getting advisors back up to scratch. So that's on a non-exec now. So there's always a project going on. Mm-hmm. My next big project, and I've just agreed today uh, with a publisher, will be a book. So, uh, but that that won't get in the way of what I do, you know, with Optal day to day. Okay, that's great. Thank you. So, can you can you just expand on the 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 CPD? Uh, that's uh, Kind of accessible via the platform. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like I think a lot of advisors in that my CPD often gets done it towards the end of the year. And actually, just reminded me, CC sent me a message the other day. So I've got a couple of days to get it done. I must get that done. It's not that I haven't done it. I just need to log it. Uh, and I and I still collect CPD. Absolutely, I'm still part of that financial planning cohort. But we we had this view that with so much of our content, but we got lots and lots of written content. We've, we've got lots of video, lots of podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if we could get that accredited? So it is now accredited a lot. So we've got hundreds and hundreds of hours. And when you're in the feed on Opto, if you see a little purple button that says CPD, you can click it. Mm-hmm. it takes you straight through to be able to register it. You only have to register once. Yeah. And you can take it straight through. You can log it there and then. And that's that's across financial planning, pensions, trust and tax, but also some of the softer stuff around technology, around marketing, around brand building, etc. So I, I think anything I can do to make my brothers and sisters in financial planning's life a little bit easier, whether it's delivering multimedia content, whether it's allowing them to claim CPD from within the feed, from my mind, it's going to be a good thing because I, I come from that 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 background of I must get that done because I, I'm just about to run out of time. Okay, and the the um, the content that's been produced, presumably that's by the entire community. It's not it's not just by Octo for Octo members. It's, you're asking for collaboration from the wider community. 
Yeah, we are. Um, you know, I mean, this is the lovely thing because it's a community. People will share ideas. They will share blog posts. They will share. So we're, we're an unindexed site. Uh, for those for those that don't care about that, don't worry about it. But for those who do, it, it means if you've produced this content somewhere else and you give it to us, it doesn't affect your Google rankings in any shape or form. It's, it's right. unindexed. And it uses non-canonical links. I can never say that word, um, which means that Google won't penalize anyone for doing it. So we aggregate and curate lots of content from other people, lots of subject matter experts. And there's too many to name, but you guys, you know, you think clients first, you think, um, or James Iniquity, we, you know, branding marketing month last month, we had something like 28 different marketing and branding and social media experts contributing during one month. Most of it was credited for CPD. And it just gives it gives it gives the members an ability to duck in and duck out yeah. of that content from other people and not go to all the various other websites they might have to do. In terms of our stuff, yeah, we love to produce it. You know, we're forever interviewing people. You've gone under the knife with me there, um, as has Tess. We love interviewing other people about what makes them tick, why they do their job, what they, what, what you know excites them about it, what they most value they get from it. What we're not bothered about, and I mean this 100%, I don't care how many assets in the management uh, a firm's got. That's a rubbish measure for financial planning firm anyway. I don't care. I don't really care what platform they use. What I care about is what motivates them, what excites them, um, how they're interacting with the rest of the community. And I think that's the wonderful thing about community as opposed to perhaps more of a publishing model where it's all done by journalists. It's all about gathering information to be able to sell on. That's not what we're about. That's great. Perfect. Thank you. And uh, how many members are on the other platform now? Shade under three and a half thousand now, uh, growing, growing all the while. Um, about 90% engagement, we're told, uh, from our back MI. Uh, we use our MI for our purposes, no one else's. We don't share, we don't share names and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's, and, and we, we use the MI to try and find out what's popular. So if, if something's popular, we do more of it. If we get lots of questions, and one thing that is growing is the in-app messaging. Yeah. So members talk to each other openly in the app, but I get every day a couple of dozen messages, private messages. It's a bit like WhatsApp within Octo, saying, I really enjoyed that debate on, I got about six messages about, we had we had Stuart Forbes on from Rise ETF talking about sustainable food production. Mm-hmm. And lots of advisors came to me saying, oh, I'd really like to hear more about that. So we're going to go back to Stuart and say, Let, let's have round two on that because you've generated an interest. And, and whether it's Alan Smith on fees, whether it's Anthony Villas on B Corp, whether it's David McDonald on only taking on 100% um, social impact clients, there's so much to learn from each other. You know, Victor Sachs, fantastic session I did with him, really popular. Um, so many good members, so many good practitioners in financial planning have been so kind to get involved, share their thoughts with us. And I, I think it's just this fantastic store of, of knowledge. Grand. And, and if, if somebody's not a member, how can they how can they go about joining? Oh, dead easy. Um, uh, App Store, Octo Members, Google Play Store, is it called the Play Store? I'm the Android Store, whatever it's called, Google Play, same. You can catch up with me through LinkedIn, just about everybody knows where I am, uh, or you can um, ask another member, I suppose, but it's dead easy. Yeah. Um, best place to start, Octo Members, or go to the website, octomembers.com. There's, I think there's a little button there. We'll get you on board if you want to come on board and you work within the financial services ecosystem. You don't have to be a financial planner. You don't have to be a wealth manager. You remember, Sim, it's people that work in our ecosystem. I want to share our ideas with each other. 
in a non-salesy, but informative, actionable, contextual world. Yeah, definitely. And I, I can also vouch for the, the, the kind of safe place to have these conversations. If there's anything you've got to raise, you don't particularly want to publicise. You know, since since I've joined, I, I, I've engaged with a number of wealth managers who are typically our kind of, um, I suppose, hunting ground, so to speak, yeah. prospects and clients who have specific concerns, specific needs, and they, they feel they can raise it openly um, or, or in privately through through the messaging app. And it is all delivered via an app as well. It's, I think that's important to mention. So, you know, it is something that you can have in your back pocket. You've got concerns, you've got questions, you can just raise them and um, throw them out there right there and then. Yeah, listen, and that's great to hear. I mean, there is a desktop version, but about 82% of our members are on mobile. And the whole idea was, because I, I live on my phone, I, I edit videos now and everything on my phone sitting on the sofa. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in the smartphone, this mini computer in your pocket, what it can do for you. you know? And I'm on other groups and other forums, and, um, and, and I love the written words. So I'm on Medium all the time, that kind of stuff. But the idea that you can you can be on your phone, you can watch a bit of content, listen to a bit of content, read a bit of content, message someone backwards and forwards, I think is just fantastic. Just in that dead time, you know, grabbing a sandwich at your desk when we used to go and find, hunt around the office to find that magazine that was full of ads and all that kind of stuff. Now you can just think, oh, there's there's Sim Sandia talking about the latest thing they're doing on portals. Well, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. And there's probably CPD on it. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. Well, thanks, Lee. And, and now, Octo aside, I just want to throw out a, a couple of kind of personal questions, if if you don't mind. Yeah, it's um, all, all like a bit of a nad for Octo, so sorry about that. Yeah. No, 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 not, not at all, not at all. Um, so, you know, in in the Asian community, if unless you're a doctor or a or a lawyer, if you ask your parents what you do, it's going to be computers. Oh. Something to do with computers. Doesn't matter whether you're a banker, you're a wealth manager, investment banking. You know, as long as if you're sitting in front of your computer, your work is computers. That's what you do. How would your parents describe what you do for a living? Uh, do you know what? They probably still think I work in finance. Well, my my stepdad is dead, but my mother would still think probably um, I work in financial advice. And, and in, in one way, I sort of still do because I'm, I'm a non-exec on the business and, and I still help financial planning practices with some of their challenges, et cetera. So I think that's probably what they'd say. I think it's too big a leap. And it's a bit like when I left the armed forces. My mother never understood why I was going to give up being in the armed forces that would have a great pension at the end of it to yeah. go into what you're selling insurance. What's that about <laughs> kind of kind of thing? So so it, it, there's probably a bit of a delay. Opta's only about three years old anyway. So... But she'd probably still say, oh, he, he works in money. He works, I tell you what she does, she always says he works in the city. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's that catch-all thing, yeah. It is. Okay, great. And well, what's what's the best compliment you've ever received? Okay, in, in my financial planning practice, and I've told this story before, uh, so apologies for people who've heard it, but after I'd, after I'd um, taken the decision to sell out my majority stake in investment forum. I, I, I got a number of letters and emails and calls, in, in fact, a huge number from clients uh, who were concerned, um, worried, interested, wishing me well, thanking me for, for, for some of them, 20 odd years of looking after them. And, and the biggest compliment I got was from um, a chap 
who who had managed to get out of a quitable life against all him and all his business partners. I took them out of a quitable life and a quitable life collapsed. Mm. And um, the regulator wasn't that happy about it at the time. He was telling people not to do it, but they were going to lose their money. So we all went there on a Saturday morning and we got their money out, believe it or not. They were mutual, they couldn't deny access, all sorts of stuff. Anyway, so I thought this was my best client ever. And he referred from that day on constantly, and he'd been referring before then, but he, he referred constantly from there. And then a couple of weeks later, um, after I'd gone, actually, sorry, a couple of months later after I'd gone from investment forum, he called me and he said, there's something I wanted to say to you, which is an apology. And I said, well, why, why would you apologize? He said, I never told you the whole story. He said, you don't know that my grandfather lost the family fortune through bad financial advice. And I want to apologize because it always took me weeks, weeks and weeks to make a decision based on your advice, even though each and every time your advice proved good. And he started to cry, interestingly. And, and I kind of, you get up, you pick up a vibe, and you get a bit upset back. And I said, well, but you don't need to apologize. You don't need to cry. And he said, I just want you to know the profound, profound difference you've made to our family fortunes and our family life. Um, mm -hmm. And you finally broke me of this terrible familial uncertainty around money, which I learned from my grandfather. And do you know what? Every financial planner will have a story like that. But I, I think because I liked this man so much, I'd never quite noticed he was holding stuff back. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact we'd done hundreds of hours of social time and I'd been to weddings, all that kind of stuff. So for me, that was the biggest ever compliment. Followed closely or maybe alongside by being told by a, a, a lady who was a client who said I was the first person outside the family she was telling and her husband had in, you know, but every financial planner will have those stories. There's nothing special in what I'm saying. But those are profound moments that I think sometimes the regulator doesn't understand. But that's a great example of how financial planning done properly can have such a huge, huge impact on, on, on clients' lives. I, I think good financial planning has an immense, and I know you agree with this, and we've talked about this as well, an immense societal value. Mm -hmm. that sometimes gets lost behind the rules and the regulations and the bad advice from a very small number of players. Good financial planning definitely changes lives uh, in a way that is both profound and at times humbling. I get that we're not neurosurgeons and, and all that kind of stuff, but do you know what? In our own way, we make a big difference. That's great. Well, that's a, that's a perfect place to, to kind of wrap up but um just before i do i might as well ask the classic podcast question me um three people dead or alive who would you invite to dinner to dinner three people who are still alive dead or alive oh me. dead or alive sorry um okay i i would absolutely because i'm such a fan of it and it's slightly out of fashion i get but i would absolutely love to have um been at dinner with roger kipling Hi, go Interesting choice. And I get that might be slightly out of favour. I think Barack Obama would be just fantastic. And I'm going to cheat here. Uh, and my final third choice is actually two people. And it's Dan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. I am such a huge fan Bracken of those guys. <laughs> Excellent. Brilliant. And apologies to the millions of other people that are just as worthy. Right. What, what would be the meal? Oh, well, depending on their choices, but I, I, I cook um, a pretty mean beef wellington. 
Right. And, and I'm also, because I'm learning quick because of the lockdown, I'm also now getting, and actually, you know I might like this, but I, I've, I'm becoming a real, real, um, quite accomplished, he said in a completely immodest way, a home curry chef. Okay. Well, that, and, and that's I'm, something I'm, I'm going to have to... I have to judge for myself. So I'm a big, big curry fan. And um, next time I'm down in Hove, you're probably going to get a knock on the door. So. Well, let, yeah. let's make that happen. Yeah, lovely. I'd love to. Thank you very much, Lee. That was really enjoyable. Uh, listen, and, thanks uh, for your time. Uh, yeah. can, can I can I say one thing before we go? Please, yeah. For, uh, can, can, can I just wish everyone, whether they're an Octal member or not, anyone in the financial services sector, you know, the most successful, happy and healthy uh, 2022. The last couple of years have been challenging for everyone. But I wish everyone the very best with the businesses. Lee, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. See you soon. The Advisor Tech Unplugged podcast was brought to you by the team at Money Info. For more information, please visit www.moneyinfo.com. Book a discovery call with us to learn how we can help you to deliver a better client experience with your own branded client portal and apps from Apple and Android.